Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Now, are you playing? Have you pressed record, Chris? Is it in the, in the yes, right place? Should I talk very slowly just in case it's. Just in case we have to speed it up. Good, we're off. Good. Uh, So welcome to the show. It's called Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe Podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rehef. Oh, someone came in early. Someone was too excited. They couldn't wait. Premature ejaculation uh, of uh, Rehef there. Uh, And it's the second last one. I'm fucking delighted. Uh, But... um, (laughs) I'm somehow got through. It's Saturday night last night, which is my least favourite night in Edinburgh, um, to be walking around in the streets. Uh, because uh, you know, you, there's just uh, there's frightening men <laughs> who <laughs> recognise me, and so I tried to go home. And he, I went home. I'd like at about mid, you know, about half midnight. I was going home, and people were going and shouting at me and stuff. And then I could hear a bloke going, "Mark, Mark!" And then his friend went, "Richard, Richard!" <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't acknowledge that one. I felt that I felt I didn't need to acknowledge someone who didn't know my fucking name. Uh, and uh, what, what other things have I got for you? Uh, it was a lot of fun yesterday. Did you hear the podcast from yesterday? We had Rumpel on this, who is a real person. I think, but I think people in the audience were a bit confused, thought it was a character of some kind. But that is him, and that's how he really is. Although he did explain when I got when I got backstage, he was a lot more lucid about this because he told us that I, I said, "Who's the most famous person? You know, you ever met any kings or dignitaries?" And he said, "I met Chewbacca." <laughs> Uh, but didn't really elaborate on that. <laughs> so it was unclear whether he'd met the actor who played Chewbacca or Chewbacca. <laughs> it turned out uh, he had met the actor Chewbacca when he was auditioning. The actor who played Chewbacca. Who, not the actor Chewbacca. <laughs> it's, you know, he's not really called Chewbacca. He is a Wookiee, but he's not. Um, but uh, it turned out he'd met him backstage and then he'd, gone up, he'd just gone, oh, hi, who are you? And the bloke had been annoyed that he hadn't been recognised because he was Chewbacca. <laughs> you know, he wasn't in the costume. So, and he held up some kind of uh, ring on his finger and everyone went, that's Chewbacca. But he was very excited about having met him. So it was lovely to meet Rumpel and that is what uh, Edinburgh's all about. I began the day yesterday with Rumpel, talking to Rumpel. I ended the day uh, at an Al Murray, the pub landlord's show, where I was dressed up as a gigantic turkey. Uh, Mr. Giblets, I believe he's the character is called. Uh, and that's what I like about Edinburgh is it kind of encompasses all kinds of madness. It was a mad show with Al Murray, but, you know, Al Murray and Rumpel... There's room for everyone here. M- multi-millionaire racist. And, um, <laughs> and Al Murray. Yeah. To pull back and reveal. Turns out Rumpel can now sue me for saying he's a multi-millionaire racist, which I don't think either of those two things would be true. Um, but yeah, you can listen to the Lost podcast, episode 22. Uh, most sound engineers I sent it to refused to send. It is un- there's no way of rescuing it, and I refuse to try. It will be too horrible. But Nathan Jay, who's a musician who's uh, written a few things for Collins and Herring in the past, uh, he made it. He had a go uh, trying to make it listenable. But if you can manage to listen all the way through, it's like it's like done by Davros basically all the way through. So he slowed it down and tried to fill up these gaps. But I, I haven't listened. Has anyone listened to it? You listened to a little bit. And how was it? Really bad. I think he said once you get into it, it's quite listenable. Uh, but. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> I think he's a bit crazy. It, but unfortunately, it was Phil Nicolon who talks even faster than I do. Uh, and so I think you do absolutely miss bits of Phil Nicolon stuff. But if you're a die-hard fan, then what are you listening to uh, Rich Herring's Edinburgh French podcast for? Go and watch Die Hard. <laughs> That's what you should do. Uh, but if you like, <laughs> for completists, you have to listen to it. It's a bit like the bit in As It Cursed Me when I played a roulette wheel for 15 minutes nonstop and said there might be something in there. 
and there wasn't, or was there. Uh, so, and people know, says a man, uh, only very special people could hear the special thing in there. And I'm a bit sad today uh, because, uh, well, actually, I'll tell you, someone just tweeted me and said I was walking across uh, Southbridge on the way here, and he was with his mum, and his mum said that I look like a tramp. Uh, so um, <laughs> I feel a bit like one today. I think I'm you know, a pretty classy tramp. That's tramp chic, madam. Uh, and um, with my kind of tr trousers all broken at the bottom, and my yeah, I'm fucked. Uh, and but no, it's a very sad day today, and uh, this is absolutely true. And I'm very, very heartbroken about this. But today is the last day the Tempting Tatty uh, Potato Shop is open. It's closing today, uh, so uh, I think it'll be too late for people at home. But if you were, you should go to the Tempting Tatty and please at least thank the man for his, I think, like 25 years, but certainly oh, well over 20 years of cutting up and slicing potatoes and putting orange cheese on them. It's been an am amazing life for him. So I'm, so I'm going to pop up later and have my final Richard Herring, cheese and mango chutney, medium-sized, though he always gives me massive ones. Uh, and um, uh, you should go too. So uh, we, we, you know, after the show, maybe pop up there and say thank you to a nice grumpy man who hates his job. <laughs> <laughs> has done it for a long time. But I am qu I'm quite sad about that. Um, is there anything else to, for me to talk to you about? Uh, I mean, I've done ten, I did ten shows in the last two days. It's a bit, I've gone a bit nuts right at the end of Edinburgh. I don't know why I've done that, that, that I've kind of sort of suddenly got loads of things in the diary right at the end because I kind of resisted doing extra gigs. Uh, but I did Chalk Fast Fringe yesterday uh, where I met uh, Andrew O'Neill, who's going to be... Um, I've met him before, but I saw him there and asked him to come and do the show, so he's coming in later. Uh, and, uh, yeah, well, look, the competition, we've got... Uh, there's no sponsorship today, but uh, please do go and get uh, jewellery from that nice lady who uh, unfortunately missed out being properly... Uh, uh, was on the on the Lost podcast, her, her donation. Uh, so you can win, as always, and as it occurs to me, Complete Pumpkin. It's a fantastic. It's worth it's £15, that's worth. Well, it's how much it costs. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> It's worth millions. Uh, and you can get that from gofasterstripe.com uh, uh, exclusively. I'm also giving away a copy of Hitler Moustache, the DVD of Hitler Moustache, my controversial 2000 and some mink show, <laughs> 2009. Uh, £20 in actual money. Look at that. Scotch money. The joke's on you because, you know, I'm going back to England. I won't be able to use that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, tickets to Josh Howie, who has been a guest on the show. I am a dick, he says. That's him, not me. Oh, no, he's made me say I'm a dick. And Marcus Birdman, who you must go and see. He was the man on the Lost Podcast who did a brilliant five minutes on the Lost Podcast path now. Um, and uh, that's just a poor recording bit there, if you heard that at home. It, just, it went, went wrong. It went wrong. And I don't know how I knew that in advance, but somehow <laughs> I did. Um, so uh, well, there'll be a competition at the end where one of you lucky people can win that. And I'll, I'll, as I remember, there's one more podcast. Tomorrow, Monday, we have got Adam Buxton from off of Adam and Joe. You've got to come and see that. It's like a clash of the six music... <laughs> Saturday morning DJ and a bloke who is no longer on that. Uh, and uh, you know, he has a very successful podcast. What will happen when we come together? Apparently he's lost his voice, so it might just be me berating him. Uh, but uh, I th I'm going to try and persuade him to team up with me. And then I'm going to take over the Saturday morning slot and then ring up Andrew Collins again. How do you like it? How do you like it? Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> and it will all just be me when that happens for three hours, just going, Andrew Collins, how do you like it? How do you like it? Uh, it probably won't be that good. Uh, so uh, we li I like him really. Well, I'm only messing. Uh, so, uh, oh, it's my, uh, my, 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 my uh, whatever you are, daughter-in-law, future wife, and my son-in-law. Hello, how are you doing? Where's your mum? Uh, she's back in Wales. She's back in Wales? Well, I like 
Is she try too scared to come and meet me? The sexual chemistry was pretty strong last year. She, they, these fellas came to uh, uh, with their mum and your mother-in-law. His mum, yeah, your mother-in-law. To, yeah, all right. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> to the uh, Clients Herring podcast session, I tried to seduce your mum in, in the hope. I but it. I did, I managed it, and now I'm your dad. So uh, <laughs> keep your fucking cheek to yourself, son. Uh, and then my plan is to murder his mother and marry uh, you. That is my plan. Uh, so uh, that's my dastardly plan. We'll see how that goes. But uh, look, um, it's, let's, we've got a fantastic guest today, so I'm going to uh, bring her off. Oh, no, bring her on. Oh, um, brilliant. Ah, <laughs> oh, I've turned into rumple. Uh, so um, will you please welcome the amazing it's Izzy Sooty, ladies and gentlemen. She is Izzy Sooty. She's got coffee. She's got water. I drank a bit of her water accidentally earlier on, which is a dangerous yeah. thing in Edinburgh. You could have picked up all kinds of viruses from me. Uh, so, well, welcome. How are you doing? How's the, how's the last weekend of the fringe treating you? Fine, yeah. I feel um, like a cumulative fatigue. Um, I've got to get down on the and drop it again. It's quite a low around. stool, isn't it? I've had um, I've had a really nice time in Edinburgh. But I'm quite tired because well, it's near the end. <laughs> oh God, I'm back! I'm back! I'm on! I'm up! What? Hey, you've had a nice time. Yeah, yeah good. It's near the end. It doesn't matter. No one's gonna you know, fuck it. They got twenty. Three good ones. It doesn't matter if this one's awful. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's nothing they can do. What they're gonna do? Fuck you. Um, so <laughs> you've had a good Edinburgh. Yeah, I live. I'm living opposite of Greg's this year. Wow. So um, I've eaten a lot of Greg's. <laughs> Not people called Greg. Um, <laughs> cakes, etc. Yes. Um, but also, I didn't know this. The Greg's van delivers at like <laughs> um, five a.m. every day. Oh, I, thought this is I thought you meant you had you're having your cakes delivered across <laughs> the street. There's a Greg's van, it'll deliver. And I don't, I don't even have to walk across to Greg's. That's how fat and grotesque I have become this Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even prepared to walk to Greg's. It delivers at 5 a.m. Yeah, so um, I've been tweeting photos of the Greg's van delivering. Uh, <laughs> really are exciting. Are you telling me Greg's don't make all their beautiful produce on, the, on site? I'm afraid they don't. Oh, they make it in a van. <laughs> <laughs> So it is kind of it's a it's a weird time this last weekend for comedians, right? Because we've we've been here for well nearly a month, been doing yeah, twenty odd shows, yeah, you, uh, one or two to go. You got two to go, yeah. You're doing Monday I've as well. I've got two to go. It's weird because it sort of peaks. I think at some like when I first got here, I was re rewriting the show a little bit in the first few days, and then it seemed to sort of level out and bed in. And now I'm sort of getting slightly not bored of it but like it's sitting well so then I've started to sort of fuck around with bits of it that I probably don't need to <laughs> so I think it's high time to have a break really it yeah, is well it's a lot do you have any do you have any days off or have you just gone straight through uh, I had one day one off day yeah yeah uh, but my parents came up and they met my boyfriend's parents for the first time oh wow and um, his family's Welsh and I'm learning Welsh because it like they only really speak Welsh. Yeah, is any, have we got any Welsh speakers in? Say something in Welsh, is he? Okay, uh, Shamai, doing uh, boo in Llinden. Yeah, anyone verify that that's Welsh? <laughs> Could be anything. <laughs> anyone understand what what did that mean, is he? Hello. <laughs> I live in London. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's what's Welsh for London? Llinden. Oh, fuck off, Wales. <laughs> I hate the Welsh. Call it fucking London. Don't make it all... It's our place. You can have your own language, but don't fuck around. Edinburgh is something like... Does anyone know what Edinburgh is in Welsh? It's something like... Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It's like being sarcastic. It's just like being... Wales. It's like... A, Wales. 
London. I live in Elephant Castle in London, which is a really, really glamorous place. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's a roundabout and a shopping centre from the 80s. Uh, But um, Elephant and Castle in Wales is Elephantacastech. (laughs) (laughs) That is better. Yeah. (laughs) And quite easy to learn. Is, yeah, it, is part of it just kind of putting a silly kind of in the middle of words mainly? Is yeah, that you mainly go what it for is? It. If you like um, the other day, like, um, doing hoffee is I like. And I said, doing hoffee coffee. And I couldn't uh. believe that was a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a sentence. And then um, my boyfriend did something and I went, sorry. And that is sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just chance. So if you're not sure, just say it. It's like French, isn't it? I think you can sort of get away with not speaking French that well. Yeah. Though. Just putting on a bit of an accent. It's amazing you le- you're learning Welsh. Does he speak English, your boyfriend? Yeah. He does. <laughs> That's right. I go to classes, uh, I go to Welsh classes in City Lit in London, and they're in the day. Because as a stand up, you get the days off, don't yeah. you? And it's quite unusual um, for it, basically all the people are like, 60 and 70 and one guy says that he has a different job every week <laughs> so like he says that he's a magistrate that he's a scout leader that he's in the army but always in welsh and he gets really flummoxed and sometimes the teacher goes like um where do you work and we have to answer in welsh you say doing and then where you work and he says doing in a court with two other men <laughs> and the teacher goes no it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's not true just try and say it in Welsh it's so really cute yeah. what's Welsh for stand up com- comedian comedian oh, wow. <laughs> I think yeah. yeah I don't think they've got a word for it because it's a reasonably new <laughs> there are job. no funny people in Wales that's the reason <laughs> they're all funny in Wales but micro- they've got a word for microwave, which is poppity ping. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sometimes you think, oh, it'll just be, if it's a modern word, it'll just be like, Wi-Fi isn't going to be like, it's going to be like, Wi-Fi. Yeah. But microwave has got its own word, even like though it's that. reasonably new invention. And that's good, poppity ping. I think we should all take that on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a child has written a language. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wales. I do love Wales. Not as much as I love Scotland, though, eh? Hey, Yeah, that's what until I'm in Wales. Uh, so, uh, and I, I, love the, I love outsiders in the United Kingdom, so that's all you people around the edge. That's who I like. Anyone in the middle? You're from, where are you from? The Midlands somewhere? Yeah, I'm from Derbyshire, but yeah. my dad's from, uh, he's from Kilburnie, which is a very ah. small town in Ayrshire. Stop and trying to get in with the audience. Listen, I'm just seeing. A bit of me is Scottish, so... And um, what is the sh- what is your show about this? I've heard fantastic things. I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen brilliant reviews. Do you what? Do you read your reviews? Uh, I don't read them, but you see um, them on the poster anyway. Yeah, I, I did. And <laughs> people come up and go, "Have you seen your brilliant review in the Guardian?" Is he goes, "Shush, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not reading them. Go and tell me what it says." Uh, <laughs> so, what is it about? Uh, it's about. Um, uh, when I was little, I let go of a balloon in my garden with a bit of paper tied to it because I'd read a story about a girl who did that with a helium balloon and it landed in Australia. Although I don't actually know if that story was true. <laughs> it was just the story that we read as kids. So me and my sister tied a bit of paper to a normal balloon because didn't have helium in the north. Um, and it floated two gardens away and landed in this man's garden. Yeah. And the paper had our phone number on it, so we rang up and... And he said, well, I don't think there's any point in us being pen pals because I only live two gardens away. (laughs) But then we said, well, can we be pen pals anyway? And he said, yes. And um, so we did become pen pals with him. And it's about his... 
It's about his relationship with a woman who he met at Butlins, and they sort of he finds her on Facebook, and I sing all their emails to each other, and I play mm -hmm. both of the parts. But my voice has been going a bit, so his voice is really deep. It's like, ah, <laughs> come on, Dave, send an email. So um, sometimes my voice becomes really deep the whole time. It's like I'm Dave the whole time. But <laughs> it's been really fun. I, re I really, really wanted to write about uh, something about the internet because I think it's really interesting how it's changed uh, the way we communicate and mm -hmm. stuff. And, and how this you can is feel very close internet, to someone. This is, this is yeah, no, I know. I don't Amazing. hate the internet. So <laughs> I, I did used to hate it, and then I joined Twitter and got addicted to it. So <laughs> I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. But I've come off Facebook because I, I just felt like sometimes I was out and I was just looking on Facebook, and I thought, come on. Like, <laughs> I just want it to be like the 90s when it was simple. Um, and there was, we were out in the pub, and I put out, um, I can put out 12 matches in my mouth. Huh? Uh, so uh, I did that in the pub. I've been able to do it since I was about 14. And you, what do you mean by that? You like 12 matches? Yeah, I light them and I make a fist. I put them in and I strike them and they all light. And then I put them in my mouth and, um, and they, they all go out. Like you're a fire eater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a fire eater without very much money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did that in the pub and someone was like, do it again and let's take a photo and put it. And I thought... I can't do it. I'm not. A, I'm not a monkey. <laughs> I'm not in a the fire moment, eating, man. I'm, I'm not, not a fire-eating monkey. That's <laughs> yeah. the last thing you. I wonder are. if there are any fire. <laughs> <laughs> They're bound to be somewhere. Yeah. But I actually, I did. I was talking to this about. I was, I was interviewed by uh, an American comedian called Danny Bevins. Do you know, have you met him? He's a, he's no. a good comedian, but he's doing a podcast, which I don't know when it'll be out. But he was, I was talking about that. I think it was with him. I get a bit confused. <laughs> I've talked to so many comedians in this last few weeks. Uh, but I was talking about the fact that in the '90s, and even the, when I was, you know, I was. Like at home all the time and not, and then I'd get get to Saturday because you're a comedian, you hadn't arranged to do anything, but I wasn't doing any gigs because I wasn't a stand up comedian. And I'd just stay in all, all weekend on my own in a really tragic way throughout my whole 20s. And I wished if, if there'd been Twitter or Facebook, that would have been all right, wouldn't I? Could have yeah, got off with some, some, out some slags and got off them. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been much better than sitting on my own playing Civilization 2. <laughs> so I wished, I wished the internet had existed earlier. I mean, we were we were part. We were in the we were we. Me and Stu had like websites in '94, '95, so we were like very early adopters. Oh my god, I didn't even know what the internet was. Yeah, then. so the word the internet did exist, but all those I think all those social networking sites actually bring people together a lot more than you I think. Know what you I mean, think so. Yeah, you can be sitting there looking at Twitter as you're eating your dinner with your girlfriend or boyfriend, which you shouldn't be doing, but fuck it. The guy she's she's stuck with me now. Bad luck. So uh, there's no there's no way out. There's literally no way out for because um, <laughs> if she leaves. Uh, and she knows that. Don't you, if you're listening at home, don't you? Don't stop packing your bag. Get back in. I'll track you down and kill you. Sorry, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, but it's a great, I think it's a really, I think it brings people together much more. And then, so like, when in the 90s, before there were mobile phones, which you won't remember, is it? You're too young. I do remember. I'm there was a time, you know, you would go, you arranged to meet up, you would go out in 1993, you'd go out. And then you'd fucked up the arrangement or someone was 15 minutes late. And there was nothing you could do about it. And you had to sit in the pub and then go, oh, I wonder if they're in that pub and walk around and then just walk home on your own sad. Uh, no, but, uh, and well, now, I, mean, I had a very tragic, um, through my I hated my fucking 20s. I was on TV and I was on my own all the fucking time. It's listen, not as good as you think. Yeah, you fuck know, you. You know these slags that you speak of? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, do you mean that if you were single now and it was Saturday night, you would put a tweet out <laughs> saying... Who fancies some? Uh, yeah. Who fan I'd put a picture of my cock, right? Erect cock, and go, who wants a bit of this? Yeah. I need ten slags <laughs> delivered in a van. I think, in fact... 
I think so in fact you do meet people. You meet people via those social networking sites who you become friends with, right? So I was being facetious about. Yes, I know. I know you I, mean. I have well. used it for slag delivery in in its time, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a nice. It's a nice way of meeting people and just going, oh, you know, what are you up to? Or just finding out what your friends are doing. Because like, That's true. I think, you yeah. know, you'd sit, I'd sit home on a Friday night and think, oh, all my friends will be out and doing stuff. And I suspect most of them were sitting at home thinking, oh, I'm not doing anything. I wish I was. So you could, you know, you could just see your friend saying, oh, I'm not up to anything. What do you want to do? You know, so yeah. it's much easier than actually ringing someone up and going, what are you, are you up to anything? Yes, I'm going out with my friends. Fuck off. Oh. Yes. Of course, I've arranged Saturday night yeah, months ago. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off, Rich. Stop <laughs> ringing me up. But that, yeah, that's true. It's, like it's I turned came into off a Facebook. little bit of a counselling session for you, hasn't it? You're now, you've turned into my therapist yeah. now. <laughs> I can see you going, oh, I'm going to help him through this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, okay, yes, I can see your point. Since I came off Facebook, there are sometimes people are like, oh, I went to Sally's party last night. It was amazing. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get invited. But then the good thing if you're not on Facebook is that you convince yourself that it's not. It's because you're not on Facebook that you haven't been invited, not because <laughs> they don't like you. Yeah. You say, oh, I'm not on Facebook, so obviously they just forgot to invite me. But yeah, I can see your point. Um, but I think it has destroyed some s- some spontaneous communication. Wow. Good. Just just here, just right here. Yeah. It has just, it's just... <laughs> It's just Bam. stopped it. Bang! It's the end. There we go. That's the end of the show. Thank you for. <laughs> That's, That's the end of my show as well. That's what I say at the end. Yeah, spontaneous conversation. Thank you. Goodbye. So, what I really want to talk to you about, the reason I got you on here, really, is my favourite thing you've ever done by miles. Is now. <laughs> are you are in? You're in uh, Peep Show, aren't you? You're in. You pay uh, no. Dobby. No, you're not. Oh, I just really mixed, look like her. I've got you mixed <laughs> up with someone Debbie. else. No, yeah. And so I think when you die, right? When you die, unless you do something amazing in the next 20 years, <laughs> they are going to. When you die, <laughs> is this an awful thing to know? When you die, what they're going to show on the news is you in that stationary cupboard rubbing your ass <laughs> against David Mitchell's cock. Is that is that a? <laughs> is that that'll be on the news? You nine o'clock news. It'll be bong. It probably won't be that because it might be. We don't know what it'll be in the future. It could be. I hope it's a long time away that you die. Yeah, not 20 but, years. But <laughs> But uh, he'll be there going, Izzy City, the comedian, best known for her part as Dobby <laughs> in the show. Then it'll cut, it'll be very sinister and, and very uh, s- sombre uh, and sinister. And then it'll cut to that. Sinister. And then they'll, they'll play it for 30 seconds in the news. It'd be worth it for in that. It'd be fucking motion. amazing. It is an amazing piece of television. Thank you. How was it to, uh, to how was it to, uh, were you really well, rubbing against his penis in mm, real life? No. Or did he have some padding down there? No, Between and no. no. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, we're just, you're assuming that... <laughs> everyone has seen it. The show's got a quite small cult following. Yeah, but I, so have I, and it's, the same, it's, a, it's a Venn diagram. <laughs> Every single one of these people has seen Peep Show. <laughs> In fact, most of them have just got that bit on a loop and masturbate <laughs> over it. When they're not at my... When they're not... I know I do. When they're, when they're not at the... At my podcast, they're just looking at that again and again, going, I wonder what it'd be like to have a girlfriend. (laughs) 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 Yes, well, explain Um, for the people at home who may not know what Peep Show fucking ridiculous. If you haven't... Right, okay, so Peep Show's all filmed from point of view, so it's all from the cameras, from the character's point of view, so it's like you're in their head. Fucking let's explain television, shall we? (laughs) uh, Let's go back. I think there'll be people, this is too far. There's a thing, it's an amazing invention, John Logie bed. (laughs) Invent it. You can beam like things into people's houses, <laughs> and then you they come and sit and watch it. They're like little plays, but they're some. They're not even. They're from the past. Some of them. They're amazing. 
Yeah, Gary on. So it's POV. They wanted to yeah. call Peep Show POV, which I think would have been a much better title for it, but they were thought that you, the public, would be too confused by that. So the people who created Peep Show, or the people who decided it was on TV, think you're idiots. <laughs> POV means point of view. Okay, now I've realised they were right. Because uh, you're looking, what, why would they want to call it POV? <laughs> it's a technical term from showbiz, which being his ear in. <laughs> yeah, carry on, sorry. Um, I'll, I'll explain a sentence. There's a scene where my character goes into a stationary cupboard, which conveniently has a mirror in it, otherwise it wouldn't have been able to be filmed. Um, <laughs> and um, David Mitchell's character comes in and is looking for something, and then I ended up rubbing my bum against his dick. Yeah. But with clothes on. Yeah. And then he Yeah, it's tasteful. He yeah. He sort of like you know, But it goes on for a long it time. It goes on for and excruciatingly you, and long. You're a very good actress because it looks like you really are enjoying it. Thanks. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's If I ever write thing. anything that calls for someone to do that, I'll definitely cast <laughs> you in it. And I might write something that calls for someone to do that. <laughs> I might be in that scene as well. <laughs> If David Mitchell had written the scene, would you have felt less comfortable about doing it? Yeah. <laughs> he said, I want this, and it's got to go on for a lot, a lot longer than you think. You'll get to a point where you think, this, surely this is long enough, but it has to go on for longer. I'll pretend that I've ejaculated at the end, and then you'll know it's over. Uh, and then maybe I will set something up in my trousers so that you might feel some dampness. He <laughs> <laughs> comes at the end, right, in the scene? It comes at the end, and then it's very awkward, because yeah. I go to kiss him, and he just runs away. <laughs> um, but... It was only, only the second f um, scene that we filmed and I didn't know him at all, really. Like, we'd said hello to each other and that was it. And I was also very scared because I really loved the show and I knew I was going into a really loved show. And I just, I was, I'd done a bit of telly, but not very much. So I was very nervous and quiet. I didn't really speak to anyone between the scenes. <laughs> so then they said, oh, you've got to do this scene where this is going to happen. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and then we would discuss different ways of doing it. And I suggested putting ca cardboard between my bum and his like yeah. penis. And um, that was dismissed, that <laughs> idea. Um, and then there was just a gap in the end of about the length of a ruler. So we never had any <laughs> <laughs> bodily contact. Um, and uh, it was really Because David Mitchell's penis is shorter than a ruler. <laughs> that is, oh, no! That is, that is why. <laughs> <laughs> that is the implication. <laughs> they said we've got a five, six-inch ruler. Will that be long? And Dave said, "Yes, that will be three times too long." <laughs> no. <laughs> I would just like to make it clear that I have not condoned anything of what you just said. <laughs> it's fine. I'm allowed. I'm a cheeky interviewer. Uh, but it was to begin with. It was it was it was just a. a it wasn't a character who was going to become a main character. Is that right? Or was it always intended to become like a main character? It, well, no, I don't think it was necessarily. I think they just sort of like see how each series goes yeah. and then what they reckon they can do for the next series. Because you've so become like the one, one of the main sort of four four characters in it, probably. Isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's a weird. Thing you're in the titles. You're in the opening titles of it. Yeah, that was a big that was a big deal. And then also my name got. Uh, God, this is so petty. But at the end, <laughs> this is how insecure we are. At the end, it says um, the list of cast, and it says starring. I think it's a starring 
Robert Webb and David Mitchell, and then it says with, and then a group of names, and then and, and then a group of names. So there are three categories, effectively. Mm -hmm. And I was in the and category for the first series, and then I got bumped up to the with category yeah. for the second. I was like, oh, my God, I've arrived. Oh my God. <laughs> and yeah. now you're in the superstarring category above David Mitchell and Robert Webb. Izzy City is just Izzy City's peep show, it's called now. <laughs> <laughs> and so is there more of those coming up? Yeah, I've next year. So I don't think I can do Edinburgh next year because I think no. we're filming it in August. Um, give up Peep Show yeah. and come back to Edinburgh. <laughs> or should I just try and make them do it live? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know how that would work. Um, yeah, I think we're going to do... <laughs> so there's some visual humour going on here. It's my microphone. I think Chris Cooper, who works at the stands, is deliberately trying to sabotage... I've, I've done something to upset him at some point and he's deliberately trying to sabotage... Sorry, Izzy, there we go. I've, got, I've sorted it out. I'm a pro. I just thought that's we could good. just take these out. We can do, yeah, we should, we could do, but you know, it saves us uh, gripping things. Yeah, that that's is true. <laughs> though I am gripping that. Uh, so um, I, I, every day I look back at my um, Edinburgh's past, and I've worked my way all the way up from 1987 to 2000. What was last year? 2010. Yeah, yesterday. No, but last year was 2010, right? And that wasn't that you answered the wrong question. You answered what was yesterday's 2009, and now you look like an idiot. Yeah, lucky this isn't film because I'd zoom in on your face now because <laughs> she thinks it's 2010. Yeah, but I didn't know. It's 2011 right now. Yeah, so last year was 2010. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's weird. You would think that I had better stories. The closer we would get to the present day, you'd think I would remember more stuff. I know. But I think, A, I just don't do anything anymore. I just do the show and then go to bed and eat crunchy, not cornflakes. So, like, last night, uh, for example, I came, I came home early, got home and sat. In, my in the TV room, eating crunchy nut cornflakes, and there was fireworks going on outside, and I thought, look at all the shenanigans that are going out there on Saturday night, the final Saturday night of Edinburgh. I thought, oh, thank God I'm just in here eating crunchy nut cornflakes. <laughs> so that's what my life has become. Last year, I didn't drink through the entire Edinburgh Fringe. That is my, that's the most amazing thing that has happened. It was because um, on my birthday, which was before the Edinburgh Fringe in July, uh, I'd been been out for a big weekend with my girlfriend. We'd gone like we'd gone and eat. We'd been like all over the place. We'd been in London, then we went out. I wanted to go to Sutton Hoo. That was my biggest wish for my birthday. What's that? It's a it's a Viking burial. Well, an, an Anglo-Saxon burial site where even the, none of the stuff is even there anymore. Uh, it's in the British Museum. But I just wanted to go and see the mounds where Sutton Hoo was because I love history. Uh, and uh, we went to Ipswich to stay the night, and then we'd had we've been on had various things to eat over the weekend. And I woke up at four o'clock in the morning on my birthday. I was thinking, oh, I feel a bit weird. I must, it must have been that wine I drank last night. Went to the toilet, had terrible diarrhoea. Izzy, I'm sorry to have to say that in it's front fine. of you. Uh, and, uh, and then after I'd finished the diarrhoea, I realised I was also going to be sick. But I didn't have time to flush the toilet in between <laughs> the two events. So I was on my, I celebrated my 43rd birthday by being sick onto my own diarrhoea. That was the start of it. And then if there's anything that's going to make you sick, it's being sick on your own diarrhea. That is what. <laughs> so then I was sick on the hour every hour for... <laughs> it's like a hideous... You know those things you get from the Isle of Wight where you put different coloured sand yeah. into it? <laughs> it was all different... All different, all different body layers, affluence. All different colours. But it was incredible because I was sick. And like, honestly, six times, right? And it was I'd be sick and then I'd feel great. I'd feel like there's euphoria, euphoria. It wasn't... It was kind of quite interesting. You know, it was unpleasant it was happening, but it was so voluminous, the sick, that it was actually almost quite enjoyable. Right, so it's an incredible amount of sick coming out. It's like Mr. Creosote, it really was. <laughs> and, uh, and then every hour, I'd, I'd think, oh, well, I'm all right now. And then an, an hour later, I'd go, oh, God, I'd be sick. I'd feel awful for a few minutes, be sick, and then feel great again. But I think every time, I think, well, like, there can't be anything else to come up. 
every time more stuff came up than the previous time. So the last time, I just felt like I'd thrown up my soul. <laughs> I really did. It felt like I'd purged. Everything. I thought I was dying. I thought, and I thought there can't be anything else. And then just you know, they're basically the bile and everything comes up and it's awful. So I had this very unpleasant experience. So I decided to just stop drinking and look after myself a bit. Though I think it was probably just some bad seafood. So, uh, but uh, but I was, you know, I thought that, yeah, it's, that's a that's probably a sign of some kind <laughs> to, uh, to to take it easier. So I spent the whole of Edinburgh, uh, 2010, not drinking, which was meant I was incredibly boring. Do, do I didn't yeah, do you think the show... Because uh, I sometimes... I, I didn't drink for the first few days up here and I sort of said... Because um, Josh Widdicom was saying, oh, I'm not going to drink. And I said, oh, I went as well. And then I did my first show and then I just came off and had a pint <laughs> and a fag and I don't even really smoke. But, like, do you think the show was... Did it change the way you did the show? Because I, I always wonder if... I think, it, you know, the more I do this, the more, the more I kind of concentrate on... The, when I first came to Edinburgh, it was genuinely, this is a chance to fuck around and get drunk and meet girls for 23 hours of the day and then I'll have to do a show for an hour which will be a mild inconvenience <laughs> in that <laughs> in that plan or but just get her to wait yeah. in bed and I'll be back in an hour love we're going to talk to some people I, lo- I love the idea you thought there was someone willing to stay in my bed even for more than an hour it, it was mainly trying to, fu- trying to lure women into the bed which sometimes I guess the show helped with right because uh, you could find the vulnerable <laughs> 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 women who couldn't escape maybe had gammy legs you could get them no sorry I, I don't know what you I don't know why you're doing this to me is I'm, I'm very usually a very dignified interviewer uh, but uh, but then increasingly I kind of you know you're coming up and spending lots of money on the show anyway so you want the show to be as good as possible so I think it, if I drink more than two drinks I had two pints last night and that's kind of just about the limit now for me if yeah. I drink any more than that then you know I get really I'm just too tired the next day to do the show probably so the show was good the thing I did that did happen last year which I may have mentioned in an earlier podcast was that Andre Vincent came to stay you know Andre Vincent a big uh, he's a big fella uh, and uh, I've got this towel that's my favourite towel it's this big blue towel I've got and I left it on the radiator in the flat to, to dry and Andre Vincent assumed that was some kind of communal towel and used it and it disappeared. I was looking for my towel for ages and going, kind of, who who could have stolen the towel? Was it Andrew Collins? Was it Justin Morehouse? <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was uh, Andre Vincent just used my towel and said, oh, sorry, I thought it was a communal towel. So he's, he's wiped my towel up his big fat bum, even if it was even if it was clean out in the shower. There's still been a tiny fleck of his... <laughs> Andre Vincent dirt on there, wouldn't there? Yeah, it's ruined it. It was my favourite town. It's ruined it. Twenty years ago, this would be the least of your worries. Wouldn't <laughs> it? It it's become a really middle class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, I had a towel. And I, 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 I sprayed it with a special cologne. And um, I, um, that's not how you talk when you're at home. <laughs> <is it? laughs> um, we've booked. Uh, we're going straight on holiday, and we've booked this cottage called the Granary, and it's like the most middle class thing <laughs> that I've ever done. And we booked it because it said, on arrival, you get eggs from our. From our, I was going to say cows, but <laughs> 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 a pretty freaky cottage. Uh, our hens, and it's like and me and my boyfriend would be going. I mean, we'll be in the granary in a week. Just think of that. And I remember when I used to come up here and just sort of, I mean, I used because of my dad being Scottish. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I'm a half Scottish. Um, <laughs> I used to come up here a lot when I was a kid, and, and when when I was a teenager, and I used to kind of, I would never used to have anywhere to stay. And I remember once I was on my own with nowhere to stay, and I was thinking about the kind of crime 
crime I could commit that would get me in jail for one night (laughs) so I'd have somewhere to sleep Um, and then luckily I found uh, I've got an old relative who lives in Edinburgh to stay with her but like stuff like we went to this 24 hour cafe once and stole half a croissant off a plate when this man had gone to the toilet we thought he'd gone and he came back from the toilet and was like I had half a croissant (laughs) on my plate and and then we had this big conversation about the doors with him and he forgave us and like many adventures like that that always have to involve the doors when you're a teenager Um, (laughs) but now I feel so much more square than I used to be like I just didn't used to think about where I was going to stay or you know I used to go and see a lot of different stuff I only Mm. see comedy now I used to go and watch like some Slovenian dance troupe (laughs) and yeah it was great so probably need to go and see more stuff I think yeah but I don't see anything I've seen three things in the whole time I've been in Edinburgh and you know apart from bits of my stuff I've seen my own show every day it's great (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) both of them are fantastic Um, what's I going I'll I'll do this because I haven't done this yet have I right I haven't asked the question that I've asked everyone yet so I've got to do that before I forget this I ask everyone this question is this isn't just for you and okay. I, this because because I've spent quite a long time asking perverted things to you, it now seems like I've just got you on to say to ask you awful questions. But what would it take for you to fillet the actor Keith Allen? What would you want in return? <laughs> Keith Allen. What would you return for fillating Keith Allen? Lily Allen's dad. Yeah. 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 Does that make a difference that <laughs> his cock has produced Lily Allen, so therefore well, it, might yeah, be more, it might be more tempting? Her clothes shop's doing quite well. I've been yeah. watching her reality show. Okay. Um, Do you think you might get free clothes if, goes if, if he goes... Well, that might be part of a deal. Yeah, suck my cock. I'll give you a 20% discount. Lily's <laughs> 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 shop. Would that be enough? Is, th- what? Is he asked you to ask him? <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be sitting at home with a little <laughs> list of all the com- what it would take. Okay, that's good. So that one, that's world peace. That probably is uh, going to be too hard for me to organise. Is he sooty? Twenty-five pence. Yeah, cool. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> that is a I very. If he googles himself, which he may well do, because like I was reading the other day that Carrie Katona googles herself every day, and oh she's like, God, she must a have a terrible fucking time with that. <laughs> must take her all day to Google herself. <laughs> But um, I mean, I, I sometimes think, oh, Tom Cruise would never Google himself, but maybe he does. So Keith Allen may well Google himself. Yeah. And if someone's written about you asking this, it would just be like, oh my God, <laughs> Phil Nickel would do it for, I don't yeah. know. What did Phil Nickel say? Um, Phil Nickel said, he, I think he just said he would do it, basically, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think he knows. So a couple of people have known him. I think if Keith Allen Googles himself, probably the top 10 entries will just be me slacking him off, to be honest. So, so I think he may be aware of this vendetta I have against him. Oh, okay. um, and and look, you used to do, you were doing this joke uh, about uh, Amy Winehouse in a well, weren't you? Sitting down, would you still do that one in the set? No. <laughs> I can't. The awful thing was that when she died, I was really sad about her dying, obviously. It was, and then I was also thinking, I'll never be able to do that material again. Yeah. So it's like, um, but it's terrible that she's died. It is a great loss. Um, and I don't think I can do it. I just, I, I used to do an impression of Amy Winehouse singing as if she was down a well. Um, which I could do. Do a little bit of it just as a historical document, not as a... We're not mocking anyone who's... I'm never going to do this again. So let's say it's Amy Winehouse's spirit (laughs) singing (laughs) from Dunno Well. That's that's even more... Is it? It's worse now. It's really (laughs) sick. Now she's... Her ghost is in a well. Imagine imagine her spirit is trapped in a well and can't escape. (laughs) This is is what it would sound like. Okay. Uh, Okay. Trying to make me go go to read it, had a body say they no 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 Yeah, that's a bit me blah blah but when I'll cook on baba come on go 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 
Ladies and gentlemen, the, um, the people at home, uh, there were no effects on that. that. That's pretty much how uh, Podcast 22 sounds all the way through. Uh, so <laughs> they won't be that impressed to go, Richard Herring did that for an hour. Uh, so <laughs> She's just singing, mate. <laughs> oh, there was something else I really wanted to ask you. What was it? Oh, it's gone. I went to see Dr. Brown last night. Oh, Has yeah, seen that? that? No. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a yes. Um, uh, Dr. Brown's show is incredible. It's one of the best things I've ever seen in Edinburgh. It just if you get a chance, go. I think it's probably only got one more night, so yeah. Yeah. But it's That's just Dr. like a crowd. There's a lot. Like there's a lot of Doc Browns around. Yeah. There's a guy called Doc Brown. He's a rapper. It isn't him, although he's very good as well. Doc Brown. It is he called Dr. Brown. He's like this sort of insane American performance artist. And Bridget Christie said, "You've got to go." And I'm so glad. I was crying with uh, crying with laughter. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, it's good to have some recommends. It's a bit late in the day, but we'll <laughs> give it a crack. Maybe next year. Uh, oh God, what, there was something brilliant I was going to ask you, Izzy. I thought of two things. I thought Amy Winehouse and something else at the same time. You've oh, got well. David Mitchell in capital letters. I there. have David Mitchell. I've got what does that say? Copy for Gerns. Oh, uh, there is something about <laughs> the stationary cupboard scene when oh they. Yeah. Um, the director came up to me before we the first shot that we did of it and said, Izzy, you're really going to have to go for this because his character is very shy and awkward, so it really needs to seem like you're completely seducing him. And um, so they said action, and I did that. And then she came in and she went, OK, just pull it back a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere there's this take of me in front of the mirror, but like as close to soft porn as you can get <laughs> in a sitcom. Yeah. Oh, God. Hope it's on uh, YouTube somewhere. We'll go and try and find track that down. Have you, is it on the extras of the DVD? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, I think we'll bring on uh, our guest, uh, uh, Stand Up, who is uh, terrific. He's been championed by Stuart Lee. But don't let that hold, don't hold that against him. <laughs> he is still good. Some <laughs> even a clock, a stopped clock is right two times a day. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's going to do five minutes of stand-up for us. Will you please welcome the incredible Andrew O'Neill, ladies and gentlemen. I bought a bus and I painted it black And now the bus gets hot in the summer Hot bus, why did you paint the bus black? Hot bus, I just had a lot of black paint Hot bus, have you come to regret that decision? Hot bus, yes, particularly when it's sunny <laughs> Thank you very much Lovely song there, get us going A song about regret So, everyone in the room, put your hands up in the air Both hands, everyone in the room oh, Both your hands Straight up in the air, higher, straight up, straight up, elbows straight, even higher than that. Everyone doing it at the back too. Cool, cheers. <laughs> so, uh, so thanks for coming out. I'll tell you what he's done is he's gaffered tipped an owl to one end and he's gaffered tipped a door mouse to the other end. And now he's selling electric. Back to the electric company. So, um, <laughs> a winter's night when the moon was gibbous. I discovered in my fiancé's head a small hatch through which tinder could be fed. We spent the evening discussing possible names for our future offspring. I suggested Peregrine, Rudyard, Sherlock, Isambard, Steve, Gravestone Alice, 
Crabon, destroyer of worlds. Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart. The child who cannot be named for legal reasons. <laughs> and Madeline McCann, too. Settled on Peter for a boy and Peter for a girl. <laughs> so, songs for the colorblind. I see trees are green, red roses too. They're green as well. What can you do? And I think to myself, why did I become a bomb disposal expert? What do you mean cut the red wire? They're both red, just run, hey! All the leaves are brown, the leaves are brown And the sky is brown, and the sky is brown I'll see a red door and I want it painted black Because it's a different tone. <laughs> I'm colorblind, I'm not an idiot. Winter's nights when the moon was thin and waning, I discovered in my fiancé's vagina a thermostat of archaic design. Following the wires through London, <laughs> discovered it led to a small storage heater in the House of Lords. We spent the evening discussing possible names for our new Labrador puppy. I suggested Mr. Woofy, Auntie Cat, <laughs> Fish and Chips Bastard, Dog, Four Paws McGee, <laughs> Captain Crumblechop's Barky Time. <laughs> so we could go around the park going, ah! Ah! Oh, mate, you lost my dog. Ah! So, sorry, you called your dog Er? No. Ah! Got to do the tongue, otherwise he doesn't listen how we trained him. She suggested Lassie, the littlest hobo, Gentle Ben, Flipper, that dog off the Churchill adverts, he's just called Churchill, Bouncer, Hooch, off of Turner and Hooch, Turner, off of Turner and Hooch, Tina, off of Tina Turner <laughs> and Steve. So, red and yellow and pink and green, purple and orange and blue, apparently. <laughs> Is that a gun in your pocket? That's not my pocket. What? So, yes, normally there is a longer gap between these, but I only have five minutes. So, uh, <laughs> a winter's night and the moon was obscured by low cloud. I discovered my fiancé's eyes would light up when an electric current was applied to her nipples. <laughs> Spent the evening discussing possible names for our new optician's shop. I suggested Octacular Spectacular, Glasses Half Full, Uncle Lens Lenses, if you can read this, you probably don't need glasses. <laughs> no ears, 
no service. And, oi, four eyes! Get over here, we'll sort you out. She suggested, while you're looking at the hot air balloon in this special machine, I'll be taking pictures of your tits. <laughs> oh my God, eye plague! <laughs> specs appeal. Anyone for specs? Will you have specs with me? <laughs> specs offender. Specs savers. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much uh, for having me. I'll finish on uh, an old school joke. My mother-in-law is so fat, right? Here's one for you, right? My mother, she's so fat, right? She went to the doctor, and the doctor said, "Actually, you are borderline obese. We're, uh, that's not the biggest issue. We're more concerned about your blood pressure and your cholesterol levels." So, um, she put her on a low-sodium, low-GI diet, and um, it's been about three months now, and the change in her has been amazing. So, thank you very much, ladies and gents. I've been Andrew Neil. Goodbye. Andrew O'Neill, 10.30, Assembly Gardens. Last one tonight. If you're listening at home, probably too late. Uh, so uh, I knew what I was going to ask you now. I remembered. Well, you told me it just now. I realize, I remember what it was. I saw you coming out of Arthur Smith's Pissed Up Chat Show the other day, which, you, is it, which I did the, a couple of days later, where you have to drink, you have to try and get drink so much that you can't drive, basically, don't you? In, and uh, you came... <laughs> I just bumped into you. A very friendly... You didn't rub your bum against me, but you, <laughs> everything else. Uh, and uh, you were very happy. Going, oh, I've, just been, I've never seen anyone so drunk because you have to drink so quickly, right? Yeah, I'd done a gig. So I had, I'd done a gig sober. And when I got to Arthur Smith's gig, so I had 20 minutes to get drunk from being completely sober. So I had 12, I think 12 or 13 vodkas. Wow. In it, and then I got breathalyzed on stage because they breathalyze you to make sure that you're drunk. And he's sober and you're like, completely hammered. Uh, and I was 24 on the breathalyzer and the legal driving limit is seven. But I can't drive anyway, so... Oh, is that right? Is it seven? Cause someone told me it was like 35 because I got 26. Oh, well done. Thank you. I only had uh, two glasses of wine and, th and three vodkas. So I think that makes me a lightweight. I think <laughs> that I hadn't eaten any food. Uh, and I'd done exactly the same in 15 minutes. I'd drunk it all in 15 minutes. But you came out and you uh, you were with the guy from Pink Floyd, was it? Yeah, I was with Guy Pratt, who I think is the bassist from Pink Floyd. He's a very nice guy. I hadn't met him before that night, but we sort of bonded because we were so drunk. So, <laughs> so afterwards we were like, let's go for a cigarette. And then um, I left my guitar with him, didn't I? Yeah. went to the toilet. And then I came upstairs and I got convinced that he'd stolen my guitar. <laughs> and I was saying, why would he need a guitar? He's in Pink Floyd. He's probably got a much better guitar than I have. She's going, oh, no, I'm going to have to go out, get up early tomorrow first thing, go and buy a new guitar. <laughs> and then you, and all the things that were in your guitar case. You're going, I was going oh, you yes. probably won't have to. Let's see if we can find him first before we make plans. <laughs> I mean, it's most likely he's outside waiting for you. And then we went outside and he was waiting for you. But it was, yeah. it was the fact that you just... <laughs> You decided you had to buy a new guitar. It's the first thing you would think. But then I did it two days later and was exactly the same. And I texted you and said, I think I'm in exactly the I had to sit on a wall after doing it. I, saw, I felt fine during it, but I was being incredibly indiscreet. No, I am in, in this as well. and I, I, I'm not drunk now. Uh, but uh, I had to, I just sat on a wall for 15 minutes trying to gather my, my I thoughts. I know, it's awful. <laughs> just staring into the middle distance. Yeah, yeah. But uh, did you find, like I did, that because 
I've never got that drunk so in such a short amount of time for a sort of professional reason. <laughs> I.e. you've got to be as drunk as possible. So I had this overriding thought that I was doing the right thing <laughs> by getting this drunk because I was fulfilling my side of the contract. Yeah. And then I felt really almost high for an hour because I was so drunk. And then I completely sobered up. Yeah. And I just drunk more. <laughs> Did you find that I too? managed to stop drinking. I, I, well, I, I, kind of, I had another gig later on, so I kind of thought, I'd, if I carry on They offered me drinks as I came off stage, and I went, I'm very professional. I went, no. I was really drunk and any other... But I can't remember the last time I tried to just drink five drinks in a small amount of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd probably been 18 years old or something. You're trying to down pints or something. But you don't ever... You know, you very rarely as an adult go, right, quick, <laughs> drink. <laughs> There's only... Thi well, this drink will only be here for 15 minutes. Drink it as quickly as you can. So even when you're kind of aiming to get drunk, you don't usually do it in 15 minutes. So it's a very... Right. It is a kind of very bizarre thing to do. Uh, what's the uh, what's the worst heckles you've had? If you, have you, if you get... Because it's... Um, I did a gig with you in Taunton where we had oh. a, a horrible time, remember, but everybody did. That was awful. Were, really, and then I got angry with the audience yeah. on, on everyone's behalf, but I don't think it really helped. It was in like a leisure centre, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Sort of, yeah, yeah, it was, it was awful. quite hard. It was on like a basketball court, so our voices were just echoing around these confused people. It was a corporate people. thing, and because your stuff's, you know, is it's a little bit gentler and it's more you've got to think about the stuff and listen to it all the way through, so it's not ideal sometimes for those Friday night no. <laughs> pissed up rugby players, which I think that was full of, but I got so cross with them for not even bloody you know it's not even bothering to listen to anyone I in that whole night it was awful. very hard I, th yeah th i think the probably worse even worse than that was in up here in 2005 i did a show called the comedy zone in the pleasance courtyard where there's like four sort of reasonably new acts and you do 20 minutes each and um uh let's say that my stuff was not really right for that room especially on weekends like stag and hen nights in and i was doing a very very long routine about how a squirrel had bitten my hand once it didn't really have an ending <laughs> to be fair uh, it really required them to find me charming uh, to <laughs> find it at all funny um, and uh, I just didn't have enough material really and uh, so I said has anyone ever been bitten by a squirrel and I was already <laughs> dying and this Scottish guy was like no I hate you you shit get off and actually you get that far less than you think like before I did comedy I thought that you must get heckled the whole time but actually it really hardly ever happens that people are that in, in a way that brave to go I hate you get off <laughs> that's what he did and I, and I said no, I've done 12 minutes and I the maximum I can do is 24 minutes. So fuck you. I'm going to stay on for 24 minutes. Um, and then um, and my heart was beating so fast. I felt like I was going to have a fight. Um, and then he said, and I did a song about Jamie Oliver, which to be fair was a bit better than the squirrel material. It was about, <laughs> it was about cooking and eating Jamie Oliver. That was when people didn't like him. Then he started doing good stuff and I couldn't do that song anymore. Um, <laughs> th then I finished the Jamie Oliver song, which was basically to silence because I was dying so hard. And then this guy was like, I hate you so much. I'll pay you to get off. <laughs> I was like, oh, how much? <laughs> and he said, 20 quid. So I was like, no one makes money in Edinburgh, really, <laughs> apart from, you know, some of the big venues and stuff. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll get off for 20 quid. There was this just horrific silence as this 20 pound note snaked <laughs> its way down <laughs> from the balcony. And then this really kind woman in the front row sort of gave it to me. So it was like, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> and I took it. And, um, and then, the, then I was doing another show that year at, in the day and I saw Russell Howard at that other show and he said you should have done an auction it sounds like it was going so badly <laughs> and I said of course I could have made about 500 quid like most people in that room hated me so much um, so next time that happens I'm going to ask for at least a grand <laughs> it's good to not price yourself too cheaply especially in the um, Keith Allen for Late Show uh, scenario yeah did I 
didn't end up saying I'd do that for a 20% discount. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't so. think I ever actually said that. Uh, yeah, 30%. 30%, 30%, 30% that's fair enough. He's taking notes. Back at home, he's listening. Oh, good. Is he strategic? Uh, so, look, we're going to do a competition now where one of you people here can literally win some things. Uh, so, uh, what we do is we make some statements that are either true or false. You have to decide. Uh, we need you all to stand up so we can do this properly. If you think the statement is true, put your hands on your head. If you think the statement is false, put your hands on your bottom. If you get it wrong, you have to sit down. Do you have to be honest? It's self policing. Don't cheat. Don't cheat, Paul J. Levy. It's because you work for charity. Um, so, um, the first statement, truth or false, is that. Uh, um, in Bridget Jones's the first book of Bridget Jones's diary um, Bridget Jones comes to Edinburgh and considers coming to see my show is that true or false very certain about false there weren't you straight away well you haven't read it close enough because it's true so sit down I'm in, I'm in Bridget Jones's diary I was watching it last night on TV and I thought oh I'm in that book Page about hundred. I think it's page hundred and or ninety nine somewhere. Else. Not that I've you know it's the most in my biggest claim to fame. When I die, when I die on the, oof. <laughs> it's getting very late and I hope that made a nice sound for you because I've probably just chipped my tooth pulling the, my <laughs> my mic's hand was flopped round again so I took the mic out of the stand and hit myself in the face. I like the idea that you're slowly killing yourself <laughs> oh, by hitting yourself. I think it's all right. When I die, when yeah, I when finally I get die, it right and when hit I the I d- Wouldn't it be a great way to die? <laughs> speared by my own microphone. When I die, that's what will be in the news. When I go, there'll be Rich Herring's died. Here he is. <laughs> and then put the photocopy of page 99. <laughs> Richard Jones <laughs> That's all he did. She didn't even fucking go to the show. <laughs> and it's made up. Uh, have you got a statement of truth or falsehood, Izzy, that you would like to uh, okay, give to the yes, audience? Okay, yes, I've got one. Um, We've got now, a bit of a lot there, I think. In approximately half of the area codes in the UK, not all, but approximately half, after the O1, the next two letters spell out the first two letters of the area. For example, Matlock, where I'm from, would it would spell out well, on the when the g- you change the numbers to letters on the yeah when you look on the one two three corresponds okay. to ABC I think we understand okay is that true or false a lot of brave men going for false in the front what's the answer it's true it is true it had to be true really um, <laughs> it was too detailed wasn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I when I was five I met a man from five feet yeah Chris <laughs> Cooper, who has been, as we know, propositioned by Leonard Bernstein, he's the man over there who messed, has messed up the last two shows. I'm not saying he's on for going for the hat trick, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, he, when he was 11, he wrote a story for inclusion in a book that was going to be given to Princess Diana for her son Harry. Is that true or false? It's basically, right? Yeah, that's the what. That's the statement. Um, it is false. It was Prince William. Have I got it right, Chris? Yep, that's right. So yeah, so yeah, that was false, but well done for you were wrong in a way because you thought you looked at him and thought he could never. Who's that? Who's that? What's Richard Branson doing here? That's what you thought, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's what someone said on the way in, and Chris, uh, someone I don't know who it was, and he said, uh, uh, Chris said, I bet you'll give free tickets to the guy who said that. So if you are that person, do put your hand up later. Uh, but Chris may kill you. Uh, have you got another one? I've got one. Yep. Um, Tiggy Leg Bork, who was the nanny to Princes William and Harry, wow. now runs a B&B in Wales. True or false? Is that true or false? Hard. The, the guy's going opposites there, hoping to clean up. That is true. That's true. I've stayed there. It's very nice. So sit down if you said false. Yeah. I've got um, eggs as well, like the granary. While yeah. Andrew Neil O'Neill was on, I uh, looked at the BBC website. <laughs> 
and the sad news has come through that the newsreader, Kenneth Kendall, who also presented Treasure Hunt, has died, he died this morning. Is that true or false? <laughs> Everyone's gone for false. I can't be that sick. You nearly went for true, though, but if you listen to the other podcast, you would know that I do that every day. That is false, correct. <laughs> over, to, over to Izzy Sooty for another one. That hasn't helped. Who's still in at the back? Is there anyone at the back still in? No, just so is it these three people? Anyone else in the shadows? Three people. So we've got to take them down. Take them down. Okay. We can do this with this question. When I was 14, I jumped off a bridge for a one-pound bet, thinking that the water was much deeper than it was. The water is very shallow, and I landed with my foot at right angles to my ankle and broke my ankle for a pound... True or false? True or false? There's two trues. Two false, there's one true. It's true. It's true, madam. You've won there with your... Be- just believe Izzy Sooty. She always tells the truth. There you go. That's all your free stuff. I hope you enjoy that. There will be... There are some tickets to give out, though. Let's give it to those two gentlemen who... Uh, there you go, fellas. Go and treat yourselves. You, you, you're a lovely couple, oh, you two. Dim problem. You look very nice. And who was the, there's someone still over there. Who was the person who was still in there? You go, you get two tickets to Josh Howie, uh, Marcus Bourbon as well. I'll give some to my son-in-law and his charming <laughs> wife, my future wife, and Josh Howie, I'm a dick. Kate, you can have those. Have you ever seen Josh Howie yet? No, well, there you go. You can go and see that. Sorry, Paul J. Levy, you got nothing today. You go away with nothing, but we got comedy. Ah. <laughs> ah. Um, broadly speaking. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> We've got one more of these to go. It will be with... Uh, no, and is that right? Yeah, one more to go. God, that just suddenly seems so weird. I thought I'd made a mistake. Uh, Adam Buxton and uh, Seymour Mace tomorrow. That's going to be terrific. Please do come down, join in. I'm going to probably give away all the contents of my food cupboard. Uh, <laughs> at home. And there's a whole tin of ground espresso coffee in there that I haven't used at all. And probably half a bottle of whiskey. It's a lot of good stuff. So we'll see... That might go out to all these people and uh, some tomato ketchup. Everything. There's loads of stuff. I can take it home. I'm in my car, but that's the kind of guy I am. I'm an idiot. Uh, so uh, maybe some half-used moist Andrex wipes. <laughs> Literally half-used. So, um, so come and see that. I'm doing What Is Love Anyway. There's one more performance tonight at the Cow Barn. Uh, wh- and wh- where, what time are you on, Izzy? Oh, I'm on at five o'clock in the courtyard, and I'm on tomorrow as well. Yeah, so, so I've got so two more. People at home can come and see that. The notorious last Monday... The most anticlimactic and comedic uh, <laughs> d- day. Of the, it's a horrible fucking day. I'm glad I'm not doing Monday with my main show. Yeah. Not that this is like not the main show. <laughs> the stand. Shit, I let it slip out right at the end. <laughs> not that I'm just doing this for the cash. I'm doing this because I love comedy and talking to comedians. I did it because I thought maybe I could get Izzy Sooty on to one of them and really talk to her about that thing in the cupboard yeah. for too long. <laughs> if I can do that, the whole thing will have been worthwhile. So it's a victory for Herring. Uh, see you tomorrow. Thank you very much for coming. Give it up for my guest, Izzy Sooty. Andrew O'Neill, please give it up for Michael Legg as well, who was in the first show. Didn't thank him enough, I don't think. Thank you. Goodbye. Cheers.